entrepreneur. A movement designed for the purpose of achieving total wellness, spiritual and physical. Here's your host, Tommy. Welcome to Wellness Revolution. I'm your host, Tommy Lockwood, wellness entrepreneur and the author of Fasting with the Masters, a guide for self-healing. Wellness Revolution is all about spiritual and physical well-being. And today, I've decided to put together a special type of episode. Thus far, we've had only one episode where I've talked about the whole vision of Wellness Revolution. And all the other episodes have been with guests and really highlighting a conversational topic in regards to the special guest I bring in today. We're going to focus on my area of expertise in the wellness industry, which is fasting. But fasting is not going to take the lead in the conversation as far as dieting, but more so the spiritual aspects of fasting. And this is something that I'm deeply interested in because I have studied in a background of, uh, of religious studies. And that's actually what I got my bachelor's degree on. Although I have many different types of degrees, including film production and uh, music. But this has been special to my heart because fasting is what saved my life. Now, this episode is dedicated to my first mentor, Rastahuti, who actually taught me the whole aspect of what it means to fast, the holistic approach of fasting. Meaning that not only did I start with Rastahuti in regards to my health and well-being, learning how to combine my foods, how to do a liquid cleanse, etc., etc. I did this with the spiritual tradition behind it. Now, fasting can be difficult, but if you incorporate spiritual practices within the art of fasting, things change dramatically. Especially because doing a liquid cleanse, the stomach is not full. And then when one does, you know, deep breathing, things start to change for the better, you know. And that's actually what I've learned in my fasting experiences. So what I'm going to do today is give a little bit of an overview of the spiritual aspects of fasting. Now, when you Look up fasting in Google or the dictionary. You're going to find a definition like this. Fasting is the abstention from all foods or some foods in the context of a spiritual tradition or a religious observance. Now, there are many spiritual traditions in the world (laughs) and uh, there are so many customs so many different types of ways to communicate with the divine. That's the way I would call it. And I'm going to focus on on the the scriptures. <laughs> I try to like get you know 
two words out at the same time, but the scriptures, mainly Christian scriptures. However, it is fair that I give you a background, uh, basically an overview about the spiritual traditions. So in Christianity, in Judaism, actually, well, this is pre-Christian um, scriptures, there have been many instances where um, fasting has been within a season, observing uh, a specific time period in remembrance of a certain event. Um, there's many different types of uh, fasting that they did in the in the Jewish canon. However, in Islam, the Muslims have what they call the five pillars of Islam. You know, these are the five pillars in which the whole religious tradition is built upon. And one of those pillars is fasting in the Ramadan season. Ramadan is uh, a period of about, I would say, 30 or so days every year where Muslims all over the world observe this fasting. Now, the way that the Muslims fast is, is very unique because they fast, um, according to my knowledge, no food or water within the time the sun is up. Now, when the sun comes down, you can have food, water, all types of things. So that's a different type. That's a different type of fast than, you know, I would consider for health purposes because in in the health context, I wouldn't really recommend that type of fast because, you know, you kind of abstaining from eating altogether, even drinking water, and then you kind of indulge in all types of food and have a big feast at night. And that's actually what they what they do. A lot of Muslims actually spend their time in prayer during the day, maybe even sleep during the day. So that way they don't feel as um, deprived. And I like to say that in the East, when we consider the, the Taoism, the, the Tao religion, there's many texts that talk about, you know, meditation and abstaining from foods and, you know, reaching basically an, an immortal body and transcending these um, uh, these uh, physical desires. And in Buddhism, they also have that kind of mentality. And so their fasting is quite extreme. They can they can do like 30 days without anything. And it, it's pretty intense that a lot of people can think that that's not possible. However, based on my personal experiences in, in you know, liquid fasting and then, you know, reading and educating myself in other types of fasts, I would say that if your spiritual body, if your spiritual strength is, you know, basically uh, with a good foundation, you're able to do a lot of amazing things that perhaps, you know, uh, it's not a common conversation in this day and age because we're, we're so accustomed to a different life, a different, you know, context in living. I, I believe that based on my own experiences in, in fasting, that there's so, so much we don't know that it's not about whether something is possible or not and, and judging that from our perspective. So before I continue into the way fasting is portrayed in the Bible, because that's something that I've studied personally and that's, that's 
you know, a qualification of mine that I can bring to your life and, you know, discussing fasting in a holistic approach. Before that, I'd like to recommend that if you haven't seen Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, you should watch this movie because it talks about, you know, the health aspects of fasting, how someone can fast for 30 days with just juices and basically get their health straight. Uh, but in that, putting that aside and kind of tying that in, weaving that into my experience, when I've done 45-day liquid cleanses, I have to tell you that my dreams have been very vivid. And there was one time where I was pretty certain that I was, you know, after going to sleep, I I just all of a sudden see my see myself or see an aspect of myself walking on the outside at night. And then I thought to myself, didn't I go to sleep and why am I out here? And when I said that, that, that same moment, it was like a vacuum sucked in back into my body, you know, sucked this, whatever it is, like the spirit or, you know, it could be a, a mental projection of myself. Really, I am not able to say what it was, but I know that I was not in my body anymore. And that's such a unique thing that I feel like I should mention before I go into the Christian scriptures and what they say about fasting because then we're, we're going to make sense of it all. And and because we're going to you know focus on the dreams, I figured that the best thing that I can do for this introduction is talk about the prophet Daniel. So in the Bible, there is this prophet named Daniel that uh, was given a Babylonian name that I can't really um, pronounce right now. I think it was Belteshazzar or <laughs> I, I haven't, uh, you know, that memory. I don't, I don't have that fresh of a memory with uh, certain names, but I know that in the Bible, of course, you have the chapter of the prophet Daniel. And he was taken from, um, from Judea and he was brought into Babylon. And when he got there, he made basically a, a pact uh, within himself that he wasn't going to take into the into the dainty meats of the Babylonians and their food. And he only ate vegetables and fruits, right? And the interesting thing about Daniel is that he was able to interpret dreams and have a lot of visions. And, and you know, there were visions of God and, and, and visions of spiritual topics. And also he had the insight of interpreting others' dreams. And that, that's actually quite interesting. So Daniel, even though he lived in the Old Testament, right? Where, where um, you, you basically were, you were allowed to eat meat in the Bible, but you, you know, there were certain kinds of meat, but he abstained from all of them. And he was in, in a sense set apart by God. And I found that to be very interesting because fasting is able to clean your body and, and, and the fact that he only ate vegetables, he wasn't really tainting his spirit, his body, his temple with another soul, like, you know, another life. Because when you are eating an animal, you are eating, you know, another being. And it's quite 
interesting if you think about it metaphysically. But I like to read a little excerpt from Daniel chapter 9, verse 3, that he says, So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. So, you see, even in this context, the prophet Daniel uses fasting as a way to appeal to God, get closer to God, feel more pure in the presence of the Almighty. Now, I'd like to say that in my personal, you know, and even professional, um, I wouldn't say opinion, but in my professional understanding of the scriptures and even my own spiritual life, I don't really regard God or the presence of the Almighty as something outside of oneself. So in this context, I would say that, you know, it, it, it was a, it was just a way for him to, to find that humility. And I know that it's a sackcloth and ashes. And basically, you know, it, it's not like wearing the most extravagant clothing, you know, it's basically wearing like, you know, cloth and, and, and ashes and basically like covering themselves, being, you know, being dirty. And, and it's just a way to humble oneself. Uh, and, um, Fasting can definitely do that once you understand that that you have to say no to certain things as you fast. So, I like to talk about another another verse, but not of the prophet Daniel. I think that we've talked about enough of him. But I would like to go into one of my favorite parts of the Bible, which is the Psalms. And Psalms are basically songs written by uh, King David. And again, we see the sackcloth. And ashes, but in a different way. And we have here Psalm 35, verse 13. Yet, when they were ill, I put on sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting when my prayers returned to me unanswered. So you see, we have an interesting interweaving of, you know, the, the humbleness and 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 fasting as a vehicle of purifying the body the mind and the soul to be able to communicate with the most high and so i also have another um another verse that i like to read and this one is actually from isaiah 58 verse 4 where it says Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. So this is actually an emphasis that fasting is not only about the the foods that you're eating or or like oh I'm not I'm you know I'm 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 a vegetarian and oh I'm a, I'm a vegan and I'm doing this and and kind of like having the arrogance within oneself. No. That's not the right way to do things. As a matter of fact, um, if I recall correctly, I'm gonna I'm gonna find it right here. But basically, there is um, there is a verse in in um, yes, and this is I found it. So it's in Matthew six sixteen, where Jesus is saying, "Moreover, when you fast, 
Do not be like the hypocrites um, with a with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces so that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. So then he, he goes on to in, in, in a verse 18 from chapter 6. So that you do not appear to be, so you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you properly. So that's actually the point. It's like, you know, um, I know that a lot of people in these, in these days say like, well, I'm a vegan, I'm a vegan. And they try to say it as a, as a way to be arrogant, as a way to make themselves, um, you know, better than other people but again this talks about the humility of fasting it talks about um talks about just a different approach and and kind of just doing it in secret doing it on your own and and with a humble spirit now now that we talked about the the new testament which is you know you know after uh that's actually the gospels and then going forward I still have something that I want to talk about, which is um, Mark 17, sorry, Matthew 17, verse 21, where the Most High is is able to show um, the, the powerful practice, the spiritual practice that is fasting. So I'm going to go actually a little bit before that, um, so that way you can actually understand the context so the disciples were sent to be of, you know, service to humanity and, and heal people. And I believe it was a, a a spiritual entity that wasn't able to be cast out from somebody. And the disciples asked Jesus. Um, let me see. Um, I'm in. Okay, yes. Um, so Matthew 17, verse 19, it says the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, If you have faith as a mustard seed, You will say to this mountain, Move from here to there and it will move, And nothing will be impossible to you. And then, and then he says, However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So, it's not that it wasn't possible, but this kind does not go out if there isn't prayer and fasting. I really love that because I've personally been able to overcome a lot of obstacles and challenges in my life through prayer and fasting. A lot of heartbreak, a lot of betrayal, and a lot of different things that have gone on in my life. But... I humbled myself and, and, and tried to look at the situation multidimensionally. Obviously, everything that happens in our lives has some sort of, you know, accountability on our part. Not that we're responsible for everything that takes place, including the actions of other people, but we are accountable to some extent for the events in our lives. And I like the the fact that, you know, scriptures talk about fasting in such a way my mentor Rasta Hudi, he would fast 
to to stay clean and he would um he would do it as a way to um to get stronger when his when his birthday rolled around and and the Rastafari tradition they call it earth strong so you know they it was like a it was like an the anniversary of you being on this earth and and like to celebrate that with with an herbal cleanse and and just getting more into the elements and the healing that is available to us rather than indulging in in fake artificial cakes and and uh and alcohol and things like that you know so right away uh the the spiritual aspects of of fasting and the teachings of my mentors just changed my life forever and after that going to university my mentor Rastahuri passed away while I was studying religion and while I was uh, indulged in these spiritual traditions from all over the world and I humbled myself because I used to I used to think that Christianity was was it for me you know that that was the truth and 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 when I found out that you know the truth is we all have the ability to experience the almighty and and I think that even within ourselves we don't understand the power that we hold. And I think that fasting can allow one to be more humble and, and just go more into their whole, their whole spirit and understand that, you know, this, this life is such a mystery. But going from the prophet Daniel and understanding how I choose to live my life, I pretty much see myself as as the way that the prophet Daniel saw his his lifestyle in Babylon I don't partake in the luxury or you could call it the I wouldn't say luxuries excuse me I wouldn't say luxuries but I would say like the just the culture of of the hot dogs and the burgers and and all that got me sick and and I finally you know uh, have been at peace with myself and understanding that I'm just not a regular person. Everything that I've lived, you know, in uh, in my life fasting, just, you know, this is just who I am and the way that I see the world. And I'm I'm better myself and my health, my well-being. And even the way I, I relate to others spiritually, I, I see things from a more spiritual perspective rather than a, a religious one. Because if the Most High talks about... Uh, I would say the most high representative in, in, in all of us, you know, actually is able to communicate with us, then fasting is a great way to to basically, you know, clean the body and, and humble one's spirit and one's ego. And I can only imagine the things that Jesus was able to do in his dreams. And and like like I said with the prophet Daniel in the dreams, I've been able to have vivid dreams, outer body experiences with the process of fasting. So I can only imagine the things that Jesus was able to do on a 40, you know, 40 days, 40 night fast. Can you imagine like the the outer body experiences, maybe astral travels and, and different things he was able to do? Rather Christianity as a doctrine, they would, they would tend to look at astral projection and even outer body experiences and, and other things like um, they would demonize it, you know? And I think that we have much to learn as a spiritual um, lesson for all of us. When no matter what tradition you are, 
And so that's why I actually gave a little bit of background of how fasting is mentioned in some spiritual traditions. And this wraps it up for today in this edition of Wellness Revolution. I'd like to tell you that if you want to know about the physical and spiritual aspects of fasting, please visit www.tommylockward.com. In the homepage, you're going to see a link that that takes you to Fasting with the Masters, A Guide for Self-Healing. And this is the book that I've written and put together that actually helps you to understand what fasting is able to do for your body, for your soul, for your mind, and even practical tips and tricks that will help you with intermittent fasting, which is the safest way to fast. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this edition of Wellness Revolution, and I will catch you next time. And if you haven't already, follow me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. You can search Tommy Lockward, and that's it. T-O-M-M-Y-L-O-C-K-W-A-R-D. Thank you for listening to Wellness Revolution. Our purpose is to get you one step closer to wellness sovereignty with your host, Tommy Lockward.